0: you know your happiness and fulfillment's the most important thing at the end of the day so again i think sticking to one telling someone to stick to one thing is bs there's no reason why you can't at least try other things and you don't have to like you know if you find the one thing that you really really like go for it hey what's up guys this is jordan
1: anderson and welcome to the new series i'm starting where we interview artists and creators we try to understand their process and the passion behind what it is they do On this episode, we have Corey Gray. He's a DC photographer who shoots everything from athletics to weddings to concerts. And he's photographed folks like Travis Scott and Billie Eilish. We talk about how Corey got himself into photography, trends with Instagram, and how young photographers can make it in the world today. And now I present to you Corey Gray. Okay, we're sitting here with Corey Gray. Corey, what is going on? How are you doing? Man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Uh, so you are a photographer here in D.C. Uh, can you kind of walk us through or maybe give like a five-minute quick intro to who you are and what you've been doing?
0: Cool. Um, I'm Corey. Um, I am a photographer and videographer based in the Northern Virginia and D.C. area. Um, I do a wide range of stuff, events, weddings, fitness, um, modeling, Pretty much everything under the sun. Um, I'm about seven years in for video now, five for photography. um, Professionally, around four years. Um, So, yeah, I guess jack of all trades, master of none, maybe. And you go to
1: school for photography? Um, So I did
0: go to George Mason University. I was in the film and video program. Um, But their program is geared towards filmmaking specifically instead of overall content creation. So... I took only a few things from that program and was able to apply it to my own, you know, professional career. Um, great program. It just wasn't what I was looking to do. So if a, uh, photography, I, um, taught myself. Um, so yeah, I just kind of learned it through video a little bit.
1: Okay. You kind of learned the, uh, I guess the basic elements of, Design and composition exactly
0: framing is generally the same composition is the same lighting is generally the same as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah I learned most of the basics of photography through video so uh, were you
1: right as you got out of college did you go professional photographer videographer or did you kind of find it a day so job working? I was
0: I was um, I was a teacher actually I was teaching from junior year of college uh, through graduation and then. Uh, I taught for another year after I graduated. Um, I was doing part-time work on the side, just freelancing, mostly weekends because I was working, you know, full-time Monday through Friday. Um, Yeah, just freelancing on weekends. I did that for maybe around a year. It was consistent for probably six months. And then the money just wasn't making sense as far as like, you know, my time and how much I was making opposed to the money I was making working full-time. So that was like that August. about a year after I was out of school. I made the jump into shooting full-time. So yeah. So what, and like, I'm always curious of that moment, like when
1: you make the jump, Mm -hmm. like what was financially it made sense and you had enough work down the pipeline Mm -hmm. or what, what what was kind of the current setup that you had at the time between branding, websites, uh, portfolio, client base? What did all that look like? Um, for so you?
0: most of uh, my work that I had at the time was modeling stuff. For as far as as far as photography goes, I just started to get into um, fitness stuff um, for video. I was doing random brand stuff here and there and meal prep company and, you know, different promo videos for different companies here and there. Um, but it was nothing super consistent. Looking back, I probably shouldn't have made the jump when I did. Um, I did have some money saved uh, from my full time job um that you know helped give me a cushion after i made the jump um again looking back i probably wouldn't have i probably would have waited longer or like increased my business to a certain point um from opposed to like when i did actually make the jump but yeah i'm here now so it worked out um but business i guess the past like year has been a lot better from when i first made the jump i made a lot of mistakes um and grew a lot in you know a short amount of time so it
1: worked out can you talk about some of those mistakes uh <laughs> what was like your was your first gig that um, you said like i'm going full time here we go
0: um so i do work for the dc youth orchestra it's a uh, non-profit um basically have instructors based out of the dc area um and they teach the kids um you know whichever musical instrument that they want it's all funded by donations and you know, the public and stuff like that. Um, Great program, I've been doing work for them for about three years, Um, and they do semesters. Um, So at the end of each semester, they'll have a concert series on weekends, and um, I'll film that, Um, but my first gig for them, or my first gig after I made the full-time jump was, uh, I had to shoot stuff for their summer camp that they were holding. They wanted um, footage of that because they were entering I don't know if it was a grant or a scholarship or something to get, you know, more funding for the program. Um, and then they just needed to show what they do for their summer camps as far as teaching the kids music and stuff like that, to send the footage in to get more funding. Um, so yeah, that was my first, uh, main project that I did post, uh, you know, leaving leaving my full time job.
1: Any mistakes on that project, or
0: that one specifically? No. Okay. Um, I can go into mistakes. Uh, yeah, first time. Like, yeah. Let's hear, let's hear the rookie mistakes. I, I don't. I don't have a, an exact order of how things happen, but I do have a small list for you. Okay. Um, not getting deposits. Um, for whether it's shoots or you know video or gigs, um, I had a couple times where I either just trusted people, or. You know, it would have been in the best interest for me to secure a deposit and I didn't do it. And after, you know, one or two times of learning the hard way, even if you're a friend, deposit every single time. Um, Deposits are big. Um, Pay attention to the seasons, which I didn't realize um, because, uh, you know, being in the area that we're in, you know, our seasons change opposed to like, you know, the West Coast where it's warm all the time. Um, Here... For me, at least, work tends to drop off mid to late fall, and it's kind of dead through the winter. And then you know, come March, maybe into April a little bit, it picks back up, and I'm in full swing through like October. Um, but I didn't anticipate that you know after I made the jump. So when I left, I was in this is July August. So you know, I was in my my full work mode. I was getting a lot of work, and then a few months later, the well dried up a little bit. Um, and then, you know, luckily, again, I had money saved. I had a little bit of a cushion, but it wasn't something I was prepared for going into that winter. So you're sitting there December, like, I'm like, I got to get a
1: full-time Tweet job on or on my something. thumbs.
0: Yeah, I did I did honestly look oh. at, um, you know, a few different options. Um, I was mostly looking at, like, part-time stuff. Um, I knew after leaving my job I didn't want to go back to doing that. Um, so, you know, I was still getting work here and there. It just was nothing compared to that previous summer um, and spring. And were you able to... And once it kind of turned around January, February, it just like naturally picks up. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's literally like when the weather gets a little bit warmer, you know, kind like, I would say like mid March. Um, yeah. It just kind of happens. But you know, um, back then I was only, I wasn't seeking work. I was waiting for work to come to me and, when I say that, it's kind of like unrealistic. Like, oh, I'm just gonna sit here and people are gonna contact me and you know want to give me their money so I can find you know, my contact exactly, page, exactly, contact here exactly. Um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't actively think like, oh, let me just sit here and wait for people to hit me up. But I wasn't doing the extra work like contacting people, you know, doing market research. I wasn't doing any of that on my own, um, which is you know completely different from what I'm doing now. Um, so I'm seeking out people. Uh, a lot of the, com- I'm still getting a lot of referral work. Um, I still don't seek out as often as I would like, but that's because I am busy with, you know, referrals and stuff like that, that if I did want to contact other companies, I probably wouldn't have time for them. So then it becomes unprofessional for me to say, Hey, you know, I want to talk to you about shooting content for you guys. You know, maybe we can work out some numbers, blah, blah, blah. I am mean, like, all right, Cool we have this amount for the budget for this amount of content. When are you free? And I'm like, Oh, I'm not like that's you know I'm saying? That's the okay. super unprofessional on my end. Like a really hot lead comes
1: in and it just, the
0: date scheduling doesn't work, mm-hmm. but everything else is there. Yep.
1: Okay. Exactly. That's going to be frustrating. a little Yeah.
0: Bit. Sometimes. So I'm looking at some different options. I've been training a few people under me and contemplating starting a full fledged production company. Um, I've been giving some, because <laughs> I started turning away work so much that I wasn't necessarily losing money. But I guess technically I was losing money, but I was turning it away because most of the time I was already booked. So, for example, I had a uh, I had a wedding uh, this past Saturday actually, um, but the DC Youth Orchestra contacted me two weeks ago, saying that they had a concert coming up. They wanted me to shoot it. Um, I was I had a deposit secured for this wedding. It's wedding money aside from having a deposit secured, um, so I obviously had to take that. Um, but last season i actually had a guy and i trained him on how to shoot you know their concert performances so i trusted him doing it again this time and he did it did a great job um so yeah i'm leaning towards that so then you know so i paid him out of pocket um once i finish the work for the dc youth orchestra i'll get the rest of my payment so i'm you know spending a little bit of money to pay other people but i'm still keeping that client and then i'm still getting paid. I just, you know, because I'm not doing the actual work, I'm not getting the full Sweet. amount.
1: So what is kind of the uh, flow pattern for clients that come, it's either through referrals or uh, or they find you directly on their website?
0: I get a lot of Instagram, a lot of DMS. Okay. Um, and then a lot of people find me on Instagram and then they'll end up um, on my website through like, you know, the link in my bio, I have my portfolio link there, mm-hmm. they explore a little bit. And then they end up on the contact page where I have a form submission Um, and basically just put in their name, um, email. Um, I have a option, like a drop-down menu as photo video or both. Um, they select which one, um, they, you know, fill out the form, say what they need and then they just press submit and it goes straight to my email. Um, so yeah, either Instagram DM or sometimes I get random emails based off of, uh, referrals. Like you had my email, um, you know, directly because we work together and you pass off my email. So sometimes I'll get emails direct like that. Um, other than that, it's mostly Instagram and my portfolio.
1: And it's like, because Instagram, they've expanded their DM capabilities. It's more like an inbox now. Is that, like, do you prefer that? Like, I, I find that I love the Instagram DM.
0: I love it, and I hate it. Um, I hate it because I try to stay off of Instagram sometimes. I spend too much time on it. And then other times, I'll say I'm shooting all day. Um, Let's just say I'm shooting, you know, two days in a row, not really on social media that much while I'm shooting, you know, I'm busy, you know, working Um, and then, you know, you know, have some DMs from the past two days that I haven't really gotten to and I'll try to remember to get to them, but sometimes I forget or sometimes, you know, they end up getting pushed down, um, stuff like that. So DMs are a little bit hard for me to keep track of. I'm better at keeping track of emails, but I do, you know, I like the option they have that's the unread tab. They can select, yeah. so that helps me a lot. Um, before that, it was like <laughs> it was a struggle, but that filter option helps me out. I
1: feel like it's worth. Like the more it exists, the less it's going to be effective. Or like just you now see people, whether it's influencers or just major Instagram profiles, that say no DMs, please, and then it's just like go straight to email. Just by like, I guess, like you say, just kind of an organizational standpoint. Right.
0: Right. So I don't get you know too many dms where it's like you know where i have to say no dms Mm -hmm. um so it's fine i just but i understand why people do it because even sometimes you know i don't have a massive following but even sometimes i'm just like a little a little just email me please yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so um
1: so you do so you say you do kind of most of everything but the a lot of the stuff that stands out to me when i look at your work uh from i guess a flair standpoint but also like just how it looks is the concert stuff. How how do you find yourself in the concert scene, shooting these like major celebrities, yeah. like getting in the press booth down right? The front row? How do you like um, how does somebody find their way down there?
0: So some of it's uh a little bit of finesse, some of it's just knowing people. Um so I started I've only honestly been shooting concerts for like two years. Um I used to reach out to whether it was concert venues or managers or, you know, whoever to get, you know, press or media. Um, I didn't have a portfolio to back it. I had a, you know, I shot everything else, but I just hadn't shot concerts. So, you know, if you're uh, the manager of an artist and I don't have a concert portfolio, you know, to back up me, contacting you, asking for a media pass, you're probably not going to give me one. So what I started doing was, um, at the concerts I would go to, started using my phone to take pictures. And I would either be close enough where it didn't matter, or I would um, <laughs> I would crop out you know people's heads or their hands or whatever it was. So it was just the artists and the stage. And believe it or not, it worked. People thought I was shooting concerts, reached out to some managers, they gave me press and media, and yeah, it kind of <laughs> went from there. Um, I shot something in the water a couple of weeks ago in Virginia beach. Um, that was through one of my friends. He's a artist manager. Um, so he has a lot of, uh, connects with different artists and stuff like that. Um, he had a friend who somehow got media credentials, um, through an artist that was performing at the festival. Um, he needed someone to help shoot that weekend. So my friend, so he contacted my friend, my friend contacted me. I got the media pass, went down, shot the weekend. Yeah, I had backstage like the whole line. Yeah, it was sick. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was you it. Had, you have to pay for it. You have to like who just say like hey I'm No, pressed. literally, you know, cuz cuz a lot of times so when I do concerts most times I'm not getting paid. But I love, you know, you get in for free. You get to stay the whole show um and then a lot of times um you know, sometimes the manager or the artist directly will want to take you on tour, which can lead to a lot of money um, especially like festivals and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities that can come out of it. Um, and I just, I love music, like music's like one of my passions. So I just enjoy, you know, concerts. And then it's always good to, you know, have that relationship with, you know, some managers of artists, because most of the time, anytime you're trying to get in touch with an artist it's through the manager anyways. Um, so once you establish, you know, that connection and I always offer, like, Hey, I'll send you, you know, the pictures from the show, um you know you guys can use them or not use them stuff like that you know they're still getting something out of it um so it's not just me hitting them up and take take take
1: yeah you're like over delivering exactly Yeah. it's yep. be like hey man this is yep. awesome do you do fashion do mm-hmm. you do this yep like okay yeah
0: so it's all just networking but yeah totally. yeah because yeah, recent stuff you had like travis scott you mm-hmm. did like a billy eilish yeah concert. yeah, yeah. Uh, how are those um, so uh, Travis Scott was at something in the water. Um, I saw Travis Scott at, um, during his Astro world tour in DC a few months ago, I was sick. Um, but something in the water was like first year festival. It's, uh, it was run by Pharrell, like amazing, amazing job. Um, yeah, I have, I have no complaints about it. Um, it was cool seeing Travis Scott again. Um, a lot of the artists there I had seen before or wanted to see, um, so it was cool. Um, especially like Travis Scott was like one of the artists I wanted to check off my bucket list. Uh so was Chris Brown. Um, Jay-Z, you know, ended up performing. I never thought I'd, you know, shoot Jay-Z, but that was cool. Um, there's just a lot of people that I wasn't expecting that weren't on the bill for the festival lineup. Um, so it was really cool. Billie Eilish, that was uh October, November. Um, and she's blown up like a lot since that hasn't even been like that long, yeah. Um yeah. And I was at, um, I was at 930 Club. Uh, super, super sick show to shoot. On. I got lucky, actually. There were two shows and they both sold out, but I was still able to get media for it. Um, yeah, I did, did that. I love those. I have to actually order prints of some of the pictures that I took because I like them so much. But um, she's a great performer. Um, I think she's coming back soon within the next few months. I'm trying to see her. But
1: so I saw her open for Maggie Rogers yep. like a couple
0: months ago. Yeah. That was a good yeah, show. Yep. Yeah. And then um, so I, I saw that next time she's here, she's at the Anthem, a much bigger theater than the 930 Club. So that shows like her growth in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So you like you said you print photos. Do you often print photos or uh-huh, ma- funny you, manage, you mentioned mainly you say starting digital? either tonight or tomorrow morning. So I've uh sh- I actually have an active store page on my website where you can order uh, prints from, but it's not attached to my site, if that makes sense. So you can't have, you can't access it unless you have the direct link, um, just because I haven't linked it to any tabs on my website. Um, So I've sent it to friends and stuff like that. Um, I planned on either tonight or tomorrow, posting on Instagram, saying I'm offering prints now. Um, I've printed my own work for probably like two years now, um, for family or just like, you know, in my room, you know, around the house, stuff like that. but a lot of people like love my stuff and have asked about it. So it's like, Hey, I can make a profit <laughs> from, from yeah. it, so, so, you know, some of this stuff. So I might as well just, you know, get some prints done or, you know, offer it at least on my website and see how many inquiries I get. Dude, that's awesome. Um, where can we go now? Let's talk about, let's talk about Instagram. Let's talk mm-hmm. about social media a yeah. little
1: bit. Um, cause that is one, how you get, you seem to get a lot of your work. It's mm-hmm. seen by a lot of potential customers, yeah. potential clients. Um, what do you see trending? I mean, I'm sure you follow other photographers. Mm-hmm. What do you see trend wise that is good and bad, that is up on the you know on the horizon? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing now?
0: Um, honestly, for photography, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of in a standstill right now. Um, you know, you saw the trends where it was like um, you know super super oversaturated pictures, or then you know then there was a, a phase where it was like anytime someone had blue in the picture, it was teal instead of blue. Um, or you had that orange and teal look for all, you know, filmmaking. Um, then you had the images where it was, um, I don't know the proper term, but it's like a moving picture. And basically it's I know that I've seen the camera it has four lenses and you take a picture and it kind of shifts like sideways. Effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big trend. Oh, that was like a little Yanni music yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, did that Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. Yep. So that was a big trend. I know like ASAP Rocky and, you know, certain artists like that started using it a lot. Um, so a lot of photographers started doing it. Then after that, um, then you started seeing a lot of the cinemagraphs. Um, which is like the picture and like the subject still, but like the background's moving. Um, And then after that, I feel like film is super trendy right now. I personally don't shoot film because, you know, kind of expensive. I love the look, Um, but, it you know, it's more expensive. Um, And I like seeing my work like instantly. I'm pretty impatient. Um, So I think think film is the most recent trend. So I don't know what's coming up next. Um, Something I have seen some uh, photographers do is, um, with the Instagram swipe feature, they show like the... As the first picture, they show like the actual, you know, finalized picture that they made. But then, you know, if you swipe, it'll be a picture where it's the original. So you can see the comparison or I've also seen where they um, do the original, but they show... It could be like a time-lapse video of the process of how they got to that final image. Um, so yeah, so that's something I've seen um seen pretty recently. Um, but I feel like, you know, those are all... The, oh, the uh, – I forgot one. Rewind a little bit. The uh, neon photography, like everyone was taking pictures of, like, you know, signs reflecting on people, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, like open signs and stuff like that at night. You have to wear the glasses. Yeah, or you wear the sort of... glasses so it yep. reflects. That was a mm-hmm. big trend too. Um, but I haven't seen uh, – I haven't seen any really big trends lately. I would say, like, the past, like, six months. But those are all big ones that, you know, happened and stuck around for a little while. Okay. So we'll see what's next. And then uh, – and you also – you dabble a little bit in the fitness industry mm-hmm.
1: with Four Thirteen, correct? That is that your clothing brand, or it's like, not?
0: So, um,
1: you kind you seem to photograph a lot of? So it. I
0: handle all the media. Okay. Um, so I do, uh, I do all the shoots, all the videos, all content creation. I don't, I have access to the page, but I don't handle the posting exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll get on and I'll post. Um, we do like Music Mondays, where it's like a hype workout song, and I'll you know animate the logo to it. Um, and then tag Tuesday where it's like a, you know, motivational phrase or something. So I'll make those and I'll get on the Instagram and, you know, upload them to the stories. But as far as the actual post, I don't do any of the posting, but I handle all content. So I'll shoot again, all shoots, all editing, all videos, all of that. And I send it off and then they, you know, handle how they post it. And how'd you get involved with that? Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, my good friend, um, Des Jasper, he, um, we grew up having mutual friends, but we went to different high schools. We weren't friends directly. Graduated college at the same time, and this is um, 2015, 2016. And he's always been super into fitness, and I saw that he was posting, um, you know, videos and stuff like that of you know him working out on Instagram. But it would just be like his phone against the wall, or you know, up against the weight or something like that. And I contacted him one day. I was like, Hey, um, you know, I'm trying to get into fitness. Um, you know, fitness and and media and stuff like that. And I'd love to, you know, shoot some stuff for you if, you know, you need some content. He's like, yeah, absolutely. So we met up one day shot and then became best friends after that. Um, and then his brother, uh, Ricky, uh, lives in San Diego. Um, and he saw, (laughs) he saw my stuff from his brother's page. Um, and Ricky came home, you know, back to Virginia one, one, uh, about, for about a week. Um, And he was like, hey, I need some content. Would love for you to shoot it, blah, blah, blah. So I shot Ricky a few times during the week that he was home. And then, um, yeah, at the time, they just had like one tank top. And Ricky made the original tank top um, from his – he basically wanted a more functional tank top to work out in for himself. Um, He had made like some T-shirts, just got them screen printed before um, through his, uh, uh, his training business. Um, And then a lot of people showed interest in that one tank top. So then he made more colors, turned into a full-fledged apparel company. And then, you know, they needed um, some media to put behind it because at the time he was just, you know, he posted on his Instagram or posted on his Facebook and people would just hit him up like, hey, I want to buy one. But there was no image or social media presence. Um, So then, yeah, they asked if I'd be interested and I jumped on it and here we are. Sweet. Yeah. And with fitness, it's like, on Instagram, it can get kind of repetitive.
1: Repetitive, or like it's all about just like yo- swipe workout yoga videos, pants or yeah. just like yeah. hot, hot models. Right. Like what is what's your take on that, or like what is your strategy with? Personally, for, I don't for, like for it. it.
0: Um, there are people that work out that have different body types. There are people that um, you know started working out yesterday. There are people that have been working out consistently for ten years. Everyone's always at a different place. There are people that workout um you know for shows and competitions there are people that it's work out show. yeah exactly yeah. um there's the like you, like you just mentioned the whole fitspo realm um there's people that work out for health reasons there's people that work out for you know as a stress reliever so everyone has their own reason everyone's in their own place um what i don't like about it is uh, overall with the fitness industry there seems to be this image that you have to look this way and act this way and i know some top people in the fitness industry and some of the, most of the people that I'm friends with are who they are on social media. Um, but I have seen other people that are not. Um, and people in the, ind- in the fitness industry know who those people are and, you know, who's faking when they see their Instagram stories and posts and stuff like that. Um, so I don't like the whole FitSpo thing. I think uh, especially the fitness industry on Instagram is getting incredibly small and everyone's running out of ideas. Um, a lot of the, trends you see everyone eventually doing and then you know there'll be a new one and then you know people jump on that but because the industry is it's a very big industry but it's very small because it's so big if that makes sense so everyone's kind of doing the same thing
1: yeah and then so how do you so knowing all that seeing what's out there Mm -hmm. how do you kind of craft the strategy with 413 yeah so when it
0: comes to content um just diversity um i have a lot of uh diverse friends different sizes shapes colors uh, backgrounds the whole nine but it's like there's no there's not one physical type of person that works out there's not one you know certain personality that works out there's not a certain race that works out so it's like why not diversify how the world actually is um you don't you know you don't go to a gym and only see one race or like one body type. You see all different kinds of people. So it's like when you see these fit spos and stuff like that by some of these big brands or just, you know, fitness, you know, influencers, it's like, okay, the cool, that's great. But the average person doesn't look like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like with, with 413, we want you to be able to see yourself. So, you know, we might not shoot the most fit person. We might not shoot the strongest looking person, but we shoot real people. And that's what people actually relate to. It's like real, like they can, you know, when they look at a picture, you know, it's just a picture on Instagram, but like, you know, they can see themselves. They're not seeing this, you know, fits or, you know, this big time influencer on Instagram that, you know, most people will probably never end up looking like. So it's cool to just, you know, keep it real and, and show people like, you know, you don't have to look a certain way to, you know, wear these clothes.
1: Let's switch to like, actually like in the field Mm -hmm. photographing, whether it's fitness or concerts. Mm -hmm. Um, we could talk about gear a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of like, what is your, when you're in the moment when you're like right behind the eyepiece of the camera, mm-hmm. like what's going through your mind or like what elements are you thinking of as a photographer?
0: Um, so I've done fitness a million times over. Mm-hmm. So I kinda, I don't really go in with a plan. I just kind of go in and black out and direct. Um, I know what angles, um, to get, especially when it's like 413 stuff. Cause it's product based. Um, so we have to make sure like, you know, logos are showing and stuff like that. And you show like the functionality of the product. Um, so it could be something as simple as like someone doing jump squats or, you know, ups or, you know, various things like that, nothing crazy. Like we don't need someone, you know, bench pressing 500 pounds, it's not realistic, but you know, you could do body weight stuff, lightweight rubber, stuff. Rubber weights, fake yeah, weights, fake, <laughs> there you fake go. Weights. Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> but as far as like my actual process, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to say because I've done it so many times. It's second okay. nature. So I don't really go in with a process.
1: Or even like posing, or because like I think what separates a lot of amateur photographers from professional Mm -hmm. photographers, and like even me, I consider myself an amateur photographer coming from film world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is trying to pose people, right? Or trying to like when you're doing a portrait, like get them to do, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always just like uh, look cool, yeah, or like uh, yeah. So so posing is a little
0: difficult. Um, a lot of times it it depends on what you're trying to either accomplish or accent in that image. Um, When it comes to like fitness, for example, um, you know, is body-based. So, you know, when girls are posing, you do want a hip poke to make the butt look bigger. Um, For guys, you know, you might want to have them take a certain angle for their chest look bigger, arms look bigger, stuff like that. Generally, always shoot everyone from a lower angle instead of eye level um, to give them some height. Um, Especially women, women on average are, you know, shorter than the average male. Um, but you know, you can make them look nice and tall if you take a low angle. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, a lot of times it's just uh, like, it might not even be an amazing pose or anything, but if you just take the right angle, um, you know, it can work wonders. And that's just from trial and error and out in the field shooting. Um, and then for me personally, what a lot of people don't know is I do most of the images that I take, I have people move. I love movement. Um, I don't like, too much unless it's like, you know, a portrait or something. So I'll have them, you know, walk, um, and I'll move around the subject. I'll have them walk in like a straight path or something and I'll move around them. Um, so they can just focus on, you know, walking in their direction. And when I have them do that, I actually have them look in different directions. Um, so then say I have you walk in a straight line and I shoot you from, uh, the left side, you know, in front of you and the right side, that's three angles right there. And let's say I have you put your head in two, in three different positions from, Um, like while you're walking, I end up with nine different shots because you've had your head in three different positions from each angle that I shot you.
1: You see what I'm saying? So that's
0: something super simple, adds movement, but then it gives you a lot of different options. And, you know, a certain uh, direction or, you know, certain angle or side or someone looking a certain way might not look right on this person, but on another person it might. So, I mean, nine different options for a single Mm -hmm. walking you know, mm-hmm. they're walking for like five to 10 seconds. Like that's not, that's not bad. You have nine options right there. And are you thinking about format too, when you're shooting this? We like, say format, what do you like, mean? Like,
1: okay, this is vertical. Perfect. This is for Instagram story. Okay. We got the wide angle. Uh, here, I don't, this. I
0: generally shoot wide enough, um, where there are options. Um, yeah, I, I also, like I leave yourself the option to, if we need a crop. This, yeah. We have, we yeah. To, I, I normally to we don't shoot too, too tight. So there's enough room to crop were necessary. So sometimes we've had pictures that were, you know, vertical and we've wanted them square, but I left enough space on the top and on the sides for us to be able to crop it square and it looks fine. So I I, I I I've shot too tight a few times before. Um and shooting tight doesn't leave you with much wiggle room. But if you shoot wide enough, then you know you know you normally have more options.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Um and then once you're done shooting these photos, mm-hmm. post production is pretty Simple for you. So I... So like I like to get it out as fast as possible? Yeah. So
0: I... um, I mean, normally we plan things out pretty early. So I'm never mm-hmm. on like a tight deadline, but I like to get it off of my back. So I'll upload. Well, I upload to my computer. I back it up on an external. Upload to Google Drive. Send it to them. Um, Des that I mentioned earlier, he's in charge of um, a lot of like the actual tasks. Um, Ricky's more of like the task manager. Uh, Des is more uh he more more so implements the tasks, and he's more of a doer um so I'll send them to both of them just so they can see um and then des will be the one that sends me you know the pictures from the, the each shoot that he wants edited, so that way you know I'm not editing all of them or anything like that, so then he'll send me you know x amount of pictures from each shoot and then I edit them and just send them back, and then they're theirs, you know they just post as they please nice, yeah, that's
1: pretty simple, yeah, yeah I've seen some relationships where uh, whether, whether or not there's a money exchange, but they will say, uh, Oh, I'll just shoot the photos and hand them off to you to edit. That way it just saves me time as a photographer. Have you ever done something like that? Or have you heard of a relationship? I've been on like
0: the that? opposite end where people have <laughs> gotten pictures shot by another photographer and wanted me to edit. Um, and yeah, I have a distinct editing style I, you know, bright, um, contrast color. You know, those are my, my three, um, and I guess people gravitate towards that style a little bit. So I've had people come to me like, "Hey, I got these pictures done. I want to see if you can edit?" And as a, you know, photographer and video, I'm not an editor per se. So I'm a, you know, as a overall content creator, I do shooting, I do editing. So I know for me, I can't say 100, percent but I might feel some type of way if I gave you your pictures and you got someone else to edit them, unless they were like a professional, like you know, retoucher or something like that. Um, but so I always tell them, I'm like, "Hey, I can do it." Um, however, you need to contact the photographer and ask if they're okay with me even touching their work. Because, mm-hmm. again, I'm a creator myself, so I know, you know, I might feel funny about yeah, it. Yeah, the on raw files are, like, a little touchy with Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah so.
1: oh. uh, let's go, like, a little practical with mm-hmm. social media. For young photographers trying to start out, how do they, when it comes to creating their content, curating their content, thinking about what photo is the right photo to post, Uh, and then going into how to actually post it and get it seen. Yeah.
0: Um, like what tip number one is just shoot, 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 shoot. Um, for me, when I was first starting, I got caught up in, um, looking at what other people were doing. Um, and that could be, you know, what they were shooting style wise, stuff like that. And if you're in the art because you love the art and you love creation, shoot what you love creating, um, Cause anytime you get caught up on what anyone else is doing, it's not fun anymore. You're not doing it for the art. You're doing it to keep up with everyone else. Um, So in the beginning, when I first started, I was doing a little bit of uh, modeling shoots like fashion, but I was doing a lot of portraits um, because I, you know, love portraits, but even then I was comparing my portraits to, you know, this big time photographer that's been doing it for 10 years. And you know, number one is I, you know, maybe I I could come out the gate, you know, being better than that photographer. But nine times out of 10, there's a lot of technical stuff I still have to learn and stuff like that. So I just, in the beginning, um, I got caught up like looking at other people. So I would just, you know, any someone, anyone that's just starting, I would tell them, do what you want to do and don't get caught up in looking at everyone else around you. And especially hard with social media because it's kind of in your face all the time. Um, so I remember I took it upon myself to unfollow a lot of photographers just so I wouldn't see, you know, I wasn't ingesting as much media. Yeah, even and, like
1: even some to some degree, I bet your friends, mm-hmm. or like people that you personally know. Yeah. Like, if you see their work, you're
0: like, oh, well,
1: you know, we're the same age, yeah. we, had the yeah, same, yeah, we had the same yeah, growing up, right, why right. am I not doing right, anything?
0: Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so, and that's that's something I struggled with as well, was like, you know, I had, um, I, at the time I didn't know that many photographers and videographers, but there's a couple that I know now and I love their work. And I think if I knew them earlier, I might've been comparing myself you know, and my work to theirs, but now it's just support. I'm like, Hey, you know, it's, I'll see shots that I would have never thought of, or, you know, editing styles that aren't my style. And I'm just like, yo, this work is sick, but it's not like me, like comparing myself. But I think if it were in an earlier phase in my life, then I would probably be comparing, which is never good. Um, it's, it's good, you know, when you're trying to grow, but when you're comparing to critique yourself, I don't think it's good because you can get caught up on other people's stuff and lose your own work.
1: Yeah. Or you find yourself starting to try to imitate that. Exactly. Then you exactly. Develop your own yep, style. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um so those those are my my um my two. Um don't follow your heroes. <laughs> <if you want. laughs> Limit how many heroes you follow. <laughs> um yeah. Um and then it, like find your style. Um it's now it's hard. When I was first starting there weren't the whole, you know, trend like the photo trends that we were just speaking about earlier. Um Now there's, you know, it seems like every few months there's a certain trend, whether it's, you know, color, brightness, darkness, contrast, uh, you know, messing with curves, flat black, stuff like that. So, you know, I kind of feel for the people that are starting now, because like, you know, if I were to, if I just picked up a camera yesterday and hop on Instagram, like, oh, everyone's doing like neon light photography. I need to do neon light photography. But like, for me, I've never done it because it doesn't interest me. I think it looks cool, but like, it's not my thing. Um... But you know, someone that's just starting and they think, oh, they have to do what everyone's doing on social media. They can get you know kind of lost, and you can end up either hating photography, which you know sucks. That that's a even you know possibility for someone. But um, yeah, you just gotta kind of shoot what you want to shoot. If you love shooting, you know, dogs, stick to shooting dogs. And as far as like social media goes, like post what you want to post. It took me a while. Like, oh, I wonder if people like this picture or like, Oh, I wonder like if I should use this picture instead of this one. And it's like, I just got to a point where it's like, I don't care. Like this is my Instagram. I'm going to post what I want to post and the people that like it will literally press the like button um, or they'll keep scrolling or like, you know, as far as like followers, I don't get caught up on followers. Like people follow my page if they like my work. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, again, it's hard because everything's social media based now, but.
1: Yeah, it's either say just like, oh yeah, find your style yeah. or like just post what you want And it like. took me a long time but,
0: to find my style too, yeah. but um, yeah, I found it and been running with it since. I think that's why, you know, it's good to find your style and then stick to your style instead of following the trends because people will go to you for that style. Uh, I've had people go to me specifically and they'll say like, whether it's in their email, their DM or in person while we're shooting, I picked you because I love your bright and colorful style it's like, my framing might not be as good as someone else. You know, my overall style might not be as good. But my editing style, you know, they love, you know, my editing style. So that's why they came to me. But if I shot like the guy next door, they probably wouldn't have come to me.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what about, um, back up just a little bit, mm-hmm. about, you talked about being a jack of all trades. I Like, I just remember either reading, You there's always just like something in the air about photography. It's like, be like... Find a single thing. If you're going to be mm-hmm. a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot fitness. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot concerts. How do you see that? How do you see? I think it's BS. Five years ago, that thought versus yeah. now.
0: I think. I think. I think there's varying answers. I think professionally, um, that could be true, um, but it depends on what you want to do. Like for example, you could say, aside from like certain styles or genres of photography, you can say, hey, if you're going to do photography, don't do video. But I do both. Um, like you said, you obviously, you know, are a filmmaker, but you're dabbling in photography. Now the two kind of go hand in hand. So to tell people to stick to one is kind of unrealistic. Um, especially like now you have so many people that are becoming content creators and filmmakers and videographers and photographers and, um, art is just growing. Um, I feel like, you know, art is expressive and it's open. So to limit someone to, you know either photo or video or a certain genre within photography is kind of like contradicting art itself um for me when i was first starting photography i didn't know i enjoyed it um but i didn't know what i wanted to get into so i tried everything and then through that i realized what i didn't like and what i did like um so you know say you know say you want to you think you want to be a wedding photographer you've been doing weddings for 30 years right say you're, you know, at 50 years old, you're like, Hey, I want to try, I don't know, portraits, right. And you have a portrait session and you love portraits, but you spent the last 30 years of your life doing weddings and you didn't really like weddings, but it was just like, Oh, I was told I have to stick to one thing. So I jumped into weddings and I've been doing weddings since monetarily. It's probably great. Um, cause you know, wedding money is good money, but, um, you know, your happiness and fulfillment's the most important thing at the end of the day. So again, I think Sticking to one, telling someone to stick to one thing is BS. Um, there's no reason why you can't at least try other things, and you don't have to. Like you know, if you find the one thing that you really really like, go for it. But um, again, for me, I, I dabbled in a lot of different things, and I hated few, and I liked a lot. So you know, it didn't hurt. I feel like you can only help. It only helps by you know getting more experience and trying different things and experimenting.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I. I mean, you could definitely drill down on a single genre, make a lot of money, mm-hmm. become the industry leader in there. Right, exactly. But like you said, exactly. you might find out that you want to do car photography right, right. or travel photography. Yeah.
0: yeah, but then again, it's like... Um, yeah, like yeah, You put yourself in a little box. Yeah, so like weddings, for example, right? Like say you're based, say you don't do any destination weddings. Say you're a Virginia, DC, Maryland area wedding photographer, right? You're only getting work May, maybe, maybe April, maybe a little bit in April you probably have a busy May, maybe a little bit in June, probably nothing in July, nothing in August. And then you'll have an insane September and October, and then maybe a little bit in November. But come December, January, February, March, you're like, you know, you're not getting any work. But it's because, you know, you you decided to do wedding photography and you didn't dabble in anything else. So people aren't getting married. So it's like, you know, during those cold months when people, you know, don't have weddings, you're, you know, sitting around Watching paint dry because you don't have any work coming in because you stuck to one thing.
1: I mean, so what do you do when you don't have work coming in?
0: As if when you were starting out
1: early, mm-hmm. and you said you were sitting on your hands, mm-hmm. what you, what can you do? Is it content creation? Is it reaching out to just random strangers, yeah. cold calling?
0: Um, so if you're trying to get more work, you can do a couple of things. Um, the f- first, if you don't have a strong portfolio, you can rebuild your portfolio during. That month, two months, three months, um, and when I say build it, you can redo your website. But you, I mean, the con aside from what your website looks like, the the content is most is what's most important. So if you have, um, you know, weak shots, or say you've you know say you've improved over the past year, two years, and you haven't updated your website, you have the same images on there. Wipe the old ones, put the new ones up that you've shot, and you know, spend time during those slower months, really like working on your craft, you know, doing you know, trade work, uh, free work, head up some friends, you know, head up a couple companies, um, and offer free work that, you know, could be a portfolio builder. So say for example, you want to get into food photography, you know, head up a local restaurant, ask if you take pictures of their food, offer the pictures to them for their social media, for their, you know, menu, whatever they want to use. And you get the content on your website. Now you can head up more restaurants, you know, come spring, um, and be like, Hey, this is my food photography portfolio. Right. But if you didn't spend that time in the winter when it was slower doing that, you know, free work, then, you know, you wouldn't be getting that work in the spring. So then it's like, you know, you might have done a free shoot, but then you can contact, you know, 50 restaurants, let's say, you know, 10% of them hire you like that's a good return. So um, shooting, continuing to shoot during the slower months, um, revisit, you don't have to redo your portfolio, but you can at least revisit it and critique yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just a lot of networking. Like even if there's been a lot of times I've met people and exchanged contact information, they didn't need anything then. But they've contacted me two months later, six months later, a year later. And hey, we met it, blah, blah, blah. Give me your contact information. I need some pictures for this, that, and, you know, that. And, you know, I remember our conversation. I checked out your portfolio. Love your work. I want to see if you're free on X date. So. You know, you can do a lot of network even if work isn't coming in because that leads to work down the road.
1: What about working for another photographer? Like go be their assistant for the day. So when like, I was doing, uh, when wedding. I
0: first got into weddings actually, so I got pigeonholed. I first got into weddings through video um, continue getting booked for video, but then I couldn't get booked for, uh, wedding photography because I didn't have a wedding photography portfolio. So I would talk to people looking for wedding photographers and like, Hey, I do weddings and like, all right, cool. Send me your portfolio, but it's wedding videos. Like, you know what I'm saying? The video and photography are very similar, but very different. And a wedding is arguably the most important day of any couple's life. So they're not going to trust someone that doesn't have the work to back up to handle, you know, a day of that magnitude um so i got pigeonholed into doing video so what i started doing was um during the downtime that i had during video um during weddings when the wedding photographers would you know be shooting whether it's the bridal party you know the couple during their cocktail hour um just any downtime that i had instead of chilling or grabbing a drink or you know talking to people i would stick with the photographer and you know the couple or whoever they were shooting and i would take pictures um Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I was taking them from the side. Piggyback a little bit. Yeah, Um, so it'd be like a posed um, shot and they'd be facing straight up with the photographer and I'd be off to the side and it looks like a candid shot, especially like if they're leaning in for a kiss or looking at each other smiling, it looks like they're just in a moment and you don't have to have that straight up shot. Um, There were other times where the photographer would uh, shoot up high, maybe standing on a chair or ladder, I'd be under the ladder shooting, getting the straight angle um, or vice versa if they were uh low and there was like a chair nearby i was standing on the chair shooting above and i always ask the photographer you know ahead of time hey is it cool if i shoot around you none of them i mean i'm sure some of them say no but the ones that i've worked with have been nice enough to you know say yes it's not a problem um you know if they're you know on the ground or something there's a chair nearby i'll stand on a chair and it's pretty much the same shot you're shooting above them you're not in their shot um people are still looking the same direction but again you can still get the ones from the side get the candid looking ones um so then then I built a, well then, so I did that and then I shadowed, I was second photographer for, for this one woman for um, an entire fall. So about three months, she probably shot like 12 weddings. Um, yeah. And literally like in that one, you know, season, those, those three months I had a full wedding portfolio. Yeah. Um, and I, she was paying me. Um, so I was making somewhere between 25 and 50 an hour. So not insane money. Um, but I was getting paid nonetheless, and I was getting a lot of experience, and I was building my. Uh, we shot some really nice weddings, built my portfolio, looked super professional. So now I offer photo and video. Yeah. So um, don't be afraid to learn from other people. Don't be afraid to you know potentially take a pay cut or not get paid if you're really trying to learn something. Um, yeah, that's that's my advice. Like I wouldn't be doing as many weddings now as I am if I didn't you know train under her for that one season. So, you know, was that my hourly? No, was that how much I would charge for a wedding? No, but I was her second photography, second photographer. I learned a lot from her. And again, it was still money in my pocket, so I didn't take a loss anywhere.
1: Right on, Mm -hmm. cool. I mean, I think, I mean, we
0: covered a lot here. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Anything else you wanna say, anything you wanna add to this? Um,
0: I just think that um, anyone that wants to get into, like it's never too late to pick up a camera. Um, it's never, there are a lot of tools out there to learn stuff. Um, if you seek them, I follow, I'm subscribed to a few YouTubers that, you know, they're professionals. I'm a professional, I'm shooting full time and I still learn stuff from, you know, their videos. You can never like stop learning. Um, I think if you're hungry enough, you can make it happen. Um, and the biggest thing that I had to learn and get over was don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, whether it's a DM or an email, um, anytime it's a company, I would suggest emailing. Um, you can. Fo- I, I sometimes follow up with a DM. Um, some companies are super active on social media. Some have a social media page but aren't that active on it. Um, emails are just super super professional. And normally, I'll just send the email first, and then um, I'll shoot a DM and say, "Hey, uh, you know, my name is you know Corey Gray." Um, Shot you guys an email a little while ago, just wanted to circle back and follow up on Instagram as well, just in case, you know, you guys missed the email, something like that. It doesn't have to be those exact words, but um, yeah, I've had companies actually hit me up directly on Instagram. They didn't email me, you know, nothing like that. They contacted me on Instagram. So, you know, people think that hitting up companies on Instagram isn't professional, but companies are doing it to people. So there's no, yeah, there's no problem with it. But I, I would suggest if you can find a company email to do send an email anyways. Um, and then as far as like, if you're trying to work with certain people, just shoot a DM, if they have an email, you know, in their bio, shoot them an email as well. Um, the worst, two worst things that they can do, um, the first is they can say no. And the second is they could just not respond. Um, I mean, neither one of those are, you know, really bad situations. So I mean, there's a good chance of them saying yes. And especially if you're trying to build a portfolio, a lot of people want free content. Um, so, um, and then networking, networking as well. Um, you know, you keep in touch with those people, those companies. And so for example, like one guy I reached out to a few months ago, I'm not going to name drop, but, um, he owns like several companies in the Arlington and DC area. And I reached out to him like, Hey, I'd love to shoot some content for your, you know, one of your companies, blah, blah, blah. he's like, all right, cool. Um, I'll let you know. And then, um, hadn't heard from him in like a month and then i saw that he was one of his companies was opening i was like hey you know just a reminder you know no pressure but if you need someone to you know shoot some stuff for you let me know shot their soft opening um the staff there loved my work and he did as well rehired me for um to shoot content for them and then that was at one of his businesses i've shot like three of his other businesses um on a consistent basis um and then there's there's a guy i have a call with later today I'm not going to name drop either cuz i don't know how it's going to go but he found me through this guy um has a big food blog like one of the biggest food pages in the DC area he has a massive page um and he you know we're supposed to jump on a call and talk about you know potentially working together for some video content so it's like if I, but if i never hit up that one guy that was the owner of those other companies then i wouldn't have had the opportunity to shoot those other companies or even get on a call with this guy later um so it's all about networking and just like don't be afraid to follow up with people and hit them up a second time sometimes people are too busy and they don't see it sometimes people forget about you but you know i hit him up a month later i was like hey you know Kind of, hey, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> you know, not not exactly that, but you know, kind of reminding him that I am yeah, still here. Being and persistent you know, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, don't. There's a fine line between persistence and annoyance. Um, so as long as you're being professional and you know you aren't hitting someone up every single day, you know, um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. So I would say, yeah, uh, networking and don't be afraid to either try new things or reach out to people right on well Corey thanks for coming on the podcast uh, where can we find your work your um, website yeah Instagram? Instagram is Corey A Gray C-O-R-E-Y A-G-R-A-Y and then my in, or my website is the same just ensign.com well cool man thanks for, thanks for having project. me I appreciate it
1: thanks for listening guys this has been season one episode one for more information about Corey check the show notes or head over to jordanpanderson.com slash blog